Good morning, Life Church. How are we today? You doing good? Are you happy with the person you're sitting next to? You made a right choice? You got 30 seconds left to move if you made the wrong choice today. So that's uh, good. Uh, just turn to someone and tell them I'm glad I'm sitting next to you today. Good, 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 good. That's great. That's good. Hey, it's so great to be here uh, with our Life Church family today. And uh, what a powerful weekend we've had in the presence of God. Hello to all the young adults. That was spectacularly quiet. Come on, we're on fire for God. Hello, young adults. So we have a good weekend this weekend. Come on. There we go. It's good. And uh, it is, has been such an honour to be a part of what God's doing this weekend and what God's doing in this awesome church. And uh, I can't wait to bring the Word today uh, that's been on my heart. It is such an honour uh, to share, to stand on this platform and to minister uh, here at Life Church. I so love your pastors, Mark and Michelle. Can we just honour them for their leadership, their faithfulness, their vision? It's just such a, a healthy church. And I was saying to, uh, to Pastor Mark uh, just this morning at the Young Adults Retreat, you know, um, I get the opportunity to travel and preach and be in different environments fairly regularly. And uh, you see the good, the bad and the, the ugly uh, getting to do that. And I'll tell you, there's something so special about a church that is healthy, that is hungry for God, that is honouring of His Word, and it's the kind of environment that's been built here. And that doesn't happen uh, just by chance. Nothing good happens by chance. It happens because leadership has made choices over a long period of time. Come on, to invest, to sow, to believe God. Come on, for a great work of God here. So can we just come on, just thank and honour you both. Thank you for what you built. And um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And thank you on the keys we're all we're all done i don't need the spirit the spirit keys right now only when i need to sound spiritual that's when we 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 call them back up it's it's that's good you should write that down that's powerful stuff okay uh i want to i want to speak a uh, a message this morning uh titled the evidence of dependence the evidence of dependence and i, I want to share this today because i think one of the most uncomfortable places that we don't like being is in a place where we find ourselves dependent on God, right? And yet dependency is actually a place that God consistently calls us to live, right? If you've been walking with Jesus for long enough, you would know that God calls us, right, to live our lives dependent on Him. Now, particularly in 2022, we don't really, really like that word dependent, okay? Because what our culture has taught us is that the mark of maturity is actually independence. I don't need anyone or anything. I'm just going to live my life. And, and the less you interfere with my life, the less I need anyone, the more mature I am. So the world kind of tells us that the mark of maturity is independence. But what God tells us and the kingdom principle is the total opposite. The kingdom principle is that the more mature you get, the more dependent on God you become that a lack of dependence on God is actually pride, which is actually immaturity. It's thinking, I don't need God and I don't need others in order to live my life. But the more we mature in the Lord, the more we grow in His ways and in His statutes, the stronger connection we get to the Word, we find, I don't need God less, I need Him more. 
and the trajectory of our life ought to be that the older we get, the wiser we get, the longer we've been with the Lord, the greater our dependency upon Him should be. Because dependency is actually a mark, first and foremost, come on, of maturity. I find it interesting that Jesus said we've got to become like children, that those who are most like children understand the kingdom of God the most. And what is it about children that Jesus speaks about? He's speaking about this idea of dependence, this idea of understanding your need, come on, for your heavenly Father. I remember when uh, uh, we were pregnant, I shouldn't say we, it was really you, I definitely, <laughs> I look pregnant, you were pregnant. Um, uh, with our, our first kid, and uh, his name's Gabriel, he's about to turn five, which is crazy, he's starting school next year. And uh, that's going to be amazing. Five days a week out the house, praise God. And uh, now we love him. But, but he's turning five next year. But I remember when uh, we first found out that uh, Hannah was pregnant, uh, we, were, we were planning on having a kid, so it wasn't a surprise. It was just a surprise how fast that happened. It was a one-hit wonder, if you know what I mean. We are like, wow, that, that was quick. Um, so anyway, Hannah was pregnant, and I remember we decided uh, that we weren't going to find out the gender. Well, like, let's just go full surprise on this one, you know? Let's, uh, let's see what happens. And so uh, we kind of had a lot of debates all the way through about what we were going to name him. And, uh, and I, I had a certain idea about what that name was going to be. And, uh, and, then, and then Hannah won, surprise. You know, um, so, so his, name became, his name was going to be Gabriel, but we didn't know whether we were going to have a boy or a girl. We just couldn't kind of find a girl's name that we liked. So we decided, well, it's... Gabriel, let's just hope it's a boy. And so I remember when he was born, uh, it's, it's the most amazing feeling. Like if you've, had a, if you've had a kid or you've seen a child come into this world, isn't it one of the most extraordinary experiences of your entire life is seeing uh, a little baby come into the world? And I remember, uh, I remember thinking, you know, there's no way I'm going down the action end. There's no way. I'm staying away from that. But eventually just curiosity got the better of me and I was, I got to see this. And so I remember seeing his head and I'm thinking, how is that? How? how? You know? and, and, and I remember him coming out and, and I remember being so excited and, and all of this, this flood of kind of feelings and love and, and just raw adrenaline running through your veins. And, um, and, and I remember him coming out and I, I didn't, we didn't know yet whether he was a boy or a girl, but I remember hearing his cry. And I remember hearing this sound of, of just dependence, of like, I am so vulnerable and I need my mom and my dad. And I'll never forget this. I remember uh, Hannah saying her first words as a mother, which were, oh, my baby. And I get emotional just thinking about it because it was the first time I ever heard her as a mum. Not as, not as just my wife, but as a mum. And I remember uh, Gabriel kind of getting lifted into the air, Lion King style, you know, and, and passed over uh, to Hannah. And I was so excited to have this kid. But the first thing, the first thing I did was check between the legs. I'm like, it's a boy! And then the second thing I did is I observed his total need and dependence upon Hannah. And, and I remember the first night that he lived on earth, he actually slept on my chest all night. And uh, I couldn't sleep because I was so afraid I was going to break him. You know, when you have a, you have a new baby, you're just like, you, it's, that's the slowest you've ever driven in your life that day. You know, that's the, everything is, you're so aware of this need. You're so aware of this life that is dependent on you. And so what Jesus is doing when he says he wants us to become like children is he is painting this picture of, of our actual state, 
whether we see it or understand it or not, our actual state as human beings, we don't graduate from vulnerability and dependency on God. We are actually fully in need, come on, of living our lives dependent upon our Father. And so we read this in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. It says this. You all would know it, right? It's on every, every bumper sticker. It's on every, you know, piece of apparel at Kurong Bookstore. But sometimes we can read this stuff so often and yet not really fully comprehend its meaning. And this is what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend. Everyone say depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he'll show you which path to take. Do not depend on your own understanding. If we read it in the ESV, it uses a different word for depend. And I'll read this to you as well. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean. Everyone say lean. On your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So the best picture of dependence, the reason the Bible in different translations is switching this word out, dependence and lean, is because the best image of what dependence on God looks like is to lean on something, is, is to put your weight on something. Is, and, and, and here's the thing about putting your weight on something. If you put your weight on something, if that thing goes down, you're going with it. If I put my full body weight on this pulpit and it goes down, I'm going down too. It's this idea that my entire dependence in life is leaning on God. Now, we're going to do a little bit of Bible study this morning. This word lean is the, is the word shan. Everyone say shan, okay? Now, now, this word actually comes from the Old Testament practice of kings when they would appear in public. So the best way to describe this to you is, is this, that when kings in the Old Testament would appear in public, they would very rarely appear alone. They would appear with their trusted advisors and friends on either side of them. And what the king would do is he would literally grab the arm of his advisor and would walk with them and, and it would actually lean on them in public. And so when, when the public would look at an Old Testament king coming out before the people, they would see the king physically leaning on his friends and his advisors. And it was a public demonstration of what was privately true, that this is who the king leaned on for wisdom. These people were who the king leaned on for support. These people behind the scenes in the spaces of life that nobody could see were those the king honoured to place his dependence on for his understanding. So what the scripture is teaching us is that our leaning on God, our dependency on God, He is our trusted advisor who walks with us. He is our trusted friend who wants to speak to us. And He wants the overflow of our public life to be a reflection of our private life, which comes from a place of leaning and dependence on God. Trust not in your own understanding, but as a king, lean on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in your life. He says, I want you to lean. I want you to depend on me. Because what you're leaning on is what you're depending on. How do you know if you're leaning on something other than God? It's really easy. If it fell through, would you fall with it? If that relationship you're hoping is gonna happen, if that doesn't happen and it falls through, are you gonna go down with it? If the, finance, the financial situation that you want to happen doesn't happen and it falls through, are you gonna fall with it? Is your faith gonna fail with it? We, we, we pin our hopes and dependencies on so many things and God says, I don't want you to depend on those things. Not because I have a need for your dependence, but because I love you. 
because I am the only thing in this life that will not fall, that will not shake, and that will not crumble. Every other thing in life that you lean on one day will fall, which is why God says as love in, in love for you as your heavenly Father, I want you to lean on me because when the things of this world fall, I will not. So lean on me. God says, I want you to lean on me, not on your own understanding, not on relationships, not on jobs, not on money, not on health, on me. If you were to say to Jesus, Jesus, could you sing me a song? He'd say, lean on me when you're not strong. Well, that's what he'd say. That's powerful. So does it take you back? No, okay. Uh, he said, lean on me. I want the, the, the posture of your life to be dependent and leaning on me. Lean not on your own understanding. There's two ways you can arrive at dependence on God. Okay, two different ways. <laughs> the first way I would call dependence via default. Now, dependence via default is something that every Christian and even people who don't follow Jesus would arrive at at some point in their life. Dependence via default is the kind of dependence where you have no other choice but to depend on God. So everything's fallen through. There's no one else to talk to about. There's no other way this could happen. God is now the only option. And so he gets my dependence by default. <laughs> now, that's not such a bad thing because sometimes anything, if we're honest, that drives us to our knees can ultimately turn out to be a good thing for our character. So dependence via default isn't bad, but it's not the best. Maturity is when we move from dependence via default to dependence via desire. So I don't just have to depend on God because I don't have another choice. Even when I have a choice to lean on my own understanding or not, I want to depend on God because I've had a revelation come out of my need for Him. So maturity in Christ is moving from dependence via default to dependence via desire. God, there is an active desire that has erupted in my heart to want to lean on You, to want to trust You, to want to depend on You and not on my own logic, reasoning or understanding. God wants us to move to dependency via desire. And I think we'd all like to think as believers, right? But this is where we live. I think we'd all like to, you know, we all like to have a good idea or a good sense that, you know, we are dependent on God. And we say stuff like, you know, it's not me, it's Him. You know, greater is He that's in me than he who is in the world. You know, um, lean not on your own understanding. We, we kind of had these lines as like trigger statements to say, because we know that's what you should say as a Christian. But can I be honest with you? Sometimes as believers, we can have the language of dependence without the lifestyle of dependence. In other words, we know what to say in order to sound dependent, but it's not actually how we're living in the lifestyle of our life. Can I tell you something? One of the biggest barriers to Christian growth is knowing the right thing to say without it ever being connected to how you actually live. It's one of the biggest barriers to growing in any area of your life. I know the Christian thing to say, I know the right thing to say, I know what I should say, but it's not how I actually live. And, and that kind of language is not helpful. It's, it's not helpful when we come into the house of God and how's your week and it's just every week it's just, oh, I'm blessed, brother. <laughs> not helpful because you don't feel blessed every week. Liar! right? How was your week this week? Oh, it's so good, man. God is so good. And in your heart of hearts, you're, I don't feel like he's good this week. And, and yet we've, we've invented this weird culture 
where we come and divorce our language from our lifestyle and we wonder why Christians aren't making it because they feel like they can't actually talk about what they're actually going through. When your language is disconnected from your lifestyle, it will limit your ability to grow in God. I I talk about this all the time. I joke about it at our church. I, I love seeing people come to Christ, especially people coming to Christ who have no idea what you're meant to say or meant to do in church. It's my total favorite. So one of my favorite things to happen is when someone comes into our church, they got a potty mouth and they don't know yet you're not meant to swear. And they come up to me at the altar and they'll be like, Pastor Sam, you know, I was bleeping, bleeping touch tonight. And I'm like, praise God, that's awesome. Um, but they don't know yet. They don't know yet. And, and, and it's kind of like this newly saved window. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's this window when someone gets saved before they figure out what you're meant to say. And so you ask someone who's recently come to Christ, how's your week been? They're like, terrible. They haven't learned how to fake it yet. (laughs) You ask someone who's just come to Christ, you know, do you want to be in church today? They're like, nope. (laughs) Because they haven't learned that that's what you're meant to say. There's this window where their language is actually aligned with their life. But can I tell you, in some ways, that immaturity in the faith is more mature than this fake thing we've developed where it disconnects our lifestyle from our language. We must align these two things in our lives. One of our biggest barriers is when these things are divorced from our reality. God says, I want you, I care about your language. Sure, of course I do. But what I care more about is your lifestyle, whether your life is actually truly dependent on me behind closed doors when no one's looking. This part here of the Christian life is one and a half hours of your week. I'll tell you, God cares a whole lot less about what you say in this room than how you live for all the other hours of the week. Because because He wants us to actually get to a place where we're really dependent on Him. We're not just talking the talk, but we're actually walking the walk. So the question is, in our our Christian culture and, and all of these things, how do you figure out whether you're actually dependent on God? How do you siphon through your life and figure out, am I dependent on God in this season? That's why I titled the, the title of my message today, The Evidence of Dependence. Because, because I wanna give you some evidences today to do like a self-diagnosis to see if I'm living in dependence on God. Is that okay? Are we ready to be challenged today? Can we be challenged in the house of God today? The evidence of dependence. Okay, so let me, let me give you number one. The evidence of dependence. You don't just inform God, you involve God. You don't just inform God, you involve God. But there's a big difference between informing God of what you're doing and involving God in what you're doing. My, my little girl Shiloh, sometimes she'll just say to me, Daddy, get me a bicky. And I'm like, excuse me? I'm like, are you just informing me of what you have decided that I am gonna do for you? Or are you gonna say, please? Like, please, Daddy. Right? It's not a default though. I have to get her to please every time. She's a, she's a feisty little cracker. And... Um, And there's a difference between, can you see it, between informing and involving. Independent prayer is the kind of prayer where I inform God. Let me give you an example. Um, God, this is what I am doing and now I'm asking you to bless it. This is who I'm dating, now help it work out. This is where I'm going, now I pray that you will order my steps. This is the choice I have already made and I pray that you would make it amazing. That's not involving God. That's informing God. 
And by the way, he's already informed. So that kind of prayer, basically pointless. God is fully informed on your heart, on your motives, on your decisions. He's very informed. He's totally over it. But he doesn't want to be informed. He's got that down pat. He wants to be involved. See, independent prayer is where I inform God. But dependent prayer is where I involve God. God, I want your guidance on what to do here. God, I want your guidance on what to do with my business. God, I want your guidance on how to raise these kids. God, I want your guidance on who I should date and who I should marry. I don't just wanna tell you, I wanna involve you. Why? Because it's an evidence of dependence in my life that I'm actually living a lifestyle, come on, that's bringing the Lord into my world. You don't get to choose whether God's informed, but you do get to choose whether He's involved, whether you involve Him in your life. When we started our church, we didn't say, let's have a committee meeting, a strategic gathering and sit down and decide where the best suburb in Adelaide would be to plant a church and let's run all the statistics and ratios and figure out uh, logically how this thing would work. No, 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 we felt a stirring in our heart where God said, I'm starting a church. Sam and Hannah, would you like to be a part of it? We felt this was planning itself with or without us. And I don't say that lightly. This is something God was doing and we were involved in it. Not something that we were doing and asking God to get involved with. Do you know how many ministries and and churches and events and businesses aren't blessed simply because they were things that were thought up in the mind of man to inform God, but never had His involvement. If you wanna live in the blessing of God, get God involved in your business, get Him involved in your family, get Him involved in your ministry. Because surprise, God blesses that, which is birth, come on, in His heart. He doesn't want to just be informed. He wants to be involved. I don't know about you, I want to be involved in my kid's life. I don't want someone else to tell me what they're doing. I want to be involved because I'm a father who loves them. This is why you've got to open your Bible. This is why you need to be in the Word. Because the moment you open that book, and see what it says about your situation, God just got involved. Because the wisdom of God and the will of God are in the Word of God. And some of you, you go, well, I've asked God and God's not speaking, I just wanna hear Him speak. Can I give you a 100% guaranteed success rate of God speaking to you? I don't share this with many people, but it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. You ready for it? 100% success rate on hearing the audible voice of God. You don't look like we want to hear it. You ready for it? Open your Bible and read it out loud. You just heard what God has to say about your situation. We involve Him by prayer and seeking Him in the Word. We don't just inform Him, we involve Him. Number two, uh, another evidence of dependence. Now this is really just going to, let's go now. This is, this is the puncher. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you in the middle and then I'll cuddle you at the end. Is that okay? All right, here we go. It's not okay. No one's saying yes. I'm gonna do it anyway because I've got the microphone. Number two, you're not just a body part. You're part of the body. You're not just a body part. You're part of the body. Ephesians 1.23 says this. It says, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. It's interesting, but it doesn't say it's like his body. It's a metaphor of his body. It's kind of a good analogy of his body. Scripture's quite clear. The church is Christ's body. 
and we hear a lot of this language today, particularly with millennials, is I depend on Jesus. I only need Jesus, but I don't really need the church. I love Jesus. I'm all good with Jesus. Jesus and me, we're tight. But the church, that's optional. The church, that's, that's not really a part. It, it's a nice addition to my walk with God, but in no way is there a strong connection to the house of God. Can I tell you, absolutely you're dependent on Jesus. Absolutely, it's Jesus before the church any day of the week. Church didn't save you, Jesus saved you. We know that, right? That is true, okay? But what's also true is that the church is Jesus' body. So a part of being dependent on Jesus is being interdependent and interconnected within the body of Christ. Now, I don't know how else to show this to you other than this illustration, so I'm gonna ask Jesse to come up with me. Let's welcome Jesse. Come on up, bro. Um, come on up. And now I'm just gonna sim- just come up the stairs. I'm gonna simulate something for you, okay? I don't know, it's quite, it's a lot higher than I remember, so this is gonna be fun. But I want you to imagine something for me. Now, this is, this is Jesse, he's a great, great man of God. Um, but let's imagine for a moment that Jesse, uh, he falls, maybe, he's, maybe he was up here worship, guest worship wedding one week and he, and he has an accident and he just falls off. Okay, so fall off into the, oh my gosh, he's fallen. Oh, no, nah, on, your, on your back, so, so that's better. It's a terrible accident that's happened. He's fallen off the stage, mid-worship. Okay, there he is. Okay, that happened to my, yeah, anyway. Um, so, so he's fallen off. Now, now let's just say that, that in this fall here, everything got broken. His legs got broken, his arms got broken. He cannot move. He has a really bad fall. He fell on his right leg, then his left leg, then he put his hand down and that snap and the other, and it's, it's all, he cannot move, okay? Now let's imagine for a moment that Jesse cries out to me and he, he says, he says uh, let's imagine I'm God, I'm definitely not God, but let's imagine that Jesse is humanity and I'm God and, and or maybe one of us. And, and Jesse says, um, you know, please help me. Could you, could you please help me? And I go, absolutely, let me help you up. Of course, you have fallen into this pit. Let me help you up, okay? And so what I do is I reach out my hand to help him up. Now reach out your hand. Oh, it's... It, <laughs> He has some movement. He has some movement. <laughs> help me up. And I reach out my hand. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't use your body to help me up. Just, just tell me I can get up. He's like, Jesse, you can do it, bro. Go for it. And it's not working. And it's like, help me up. And, it, and this is what a lot of believers do. They say, I'm dependent on God. God, I need you. I'm asking for you to intervene in my life. And then God sends help through the church and he, and he reaches out and, and, and they believe it. No, 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 don't, don't help me with your body. Oh, when I said I was dependent on you, I didn't mean the church got involved. See, see, he can't be dependent on me without being reliant on my body because my body is how I use to help him, right? It's what I use to help him. So, 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 so I can have the will to help him, but my body is going to be the thing I use to actually pull him up of that dark place that he's in. And some of you are like, I don't get what this has to do with dependence. Can I tell you today? L- l- let me stay there. You're still, you're still very injured. Um, so, so God, I'm depending on you. I need you in my life. And then your small group leader reaches out and says, how are you going? And you don't reply. 
God, I'm dependent on you. I need you in my life. And then Pastor Mark asks, how are you going this week? And you say, absolutely awesome. <laughs> and we want to be dependent on God, but independent of His body. Can I tell you, the only way to know that you're truly dependent on God, come on, reach out your arm now, is that you actually accept that His body, come on, is going to be a part in getting you up and getting you out of that place. That's why coming to church matters. That's why going to life group matters. That's why we need each other because dependence on God is connected to interdependence healthily within the body of Christ. Every time you refuse help from the body, you're actually refusing to depend on God. We were born to depend on each other as parts of the body of Christ. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm gonna read verse 22 and I'm gonna read verse 27 to make a point here. Let's see, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. You are the body of Christ, each of you is a part of it. Now, I always thought this was about pride. It's about the hand thinking it's better than the foot or the head thinking it's better than the toe. But it's not just about pride. It's actually about dependence because it's saying you can't say to the hand, I don't need you. I don't need your help. I don't need to be dependent on you. I don't need anyone but God. But here's the picture that Paul is painting for us in Corinthians. We need each other and a healthy dependence on God. Come on, is a healthy connection to His body. So be in the house of God, be in small group and get connected. Christ's body has too many amputees. We must stay connected. You know, you don't have, like I don't, I don't have a foot on Sunday and then take it off on Monday. That's not how it works. No, no, it's every single day of our lives we were born to be connected and dependent and a part, come on, of the body of Christ. It's an evidence of dependence in your life. Number three. Number three. You don't just see his presence as an extra, but as an essential. You don't just see his presence as an extra, but as an essential. And why is this an evidence of dependence? I think there's a number of reasons for it. Let me explain it to you in the best way I can imagine, which is a McDonald's burger. Come on, who still loves McDonald's burgers? You were meant to graduate from it when you were 16. Come on, and you are a grown man or a grown woman and you are still like, I go for a sneaky trip through the drive-thru. Come on, you know it. And, and there's two kinds of people who go through the drive-thru. There are pickle burger people and non-pickle burger people. Right, come on, Pastor Mark, prophesy that word right now. That's a good word. Pickles all the way, right? So, so some people think pickles are, they're an optional extra. You can take it or leave it. No, 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 no. Come on, it is not a cheeseburger without pickle. It is not a double quarter pounder with cheese, baby, if you don't have a pickle. What, what some people view, what I'm drawing out here is, is what some people view as an extra, others view as an essential. And the presence of God is not a pickle. Write that down, that's powerful stuff today. What'd you learn in church today? I learned that the presence of God is not a pickle, right? 
It is not something you can take or leave. It is not something that you can do or do without. It is not something that you can walk with one day and choose not to have the other day. Come on, the presence of God is an evidence of dependence in your life that you know you need His anointing, you know you need His presence and that you are done. Come on, without it. Now, now I'm going to wrap up in a minute, so I'm going to get the band to come and all of those things. But I want to, I want to speak to this a little bit more. You think about Moses, right? And God raised Moses up to mightily deliver God's people from Egypt. And he was one who learned the lesson that God's presence is not an extra, but it is an essential. When God first called Moses, I want you to listen to his response in Exodus 3.11. This was his response. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now, this is Moses in his most immature state as a leader. This is the very beginning of his leadership journey. And he says, who am I to lead? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I can't, I can't, I can't. Now, 30 chapters later is the next scripture I'm going to read. Now, I don't have time to read 30 chapters to you today. But let me give you a highlight. There was this little thing called the Exodus where a few million people walked free of slavery and and Moses led them out. And we see at the start of Moses' journey in his immaturity, his I can't, I can't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And now look what has happened 30 chapters later to Moses' own dependence on God. Exodus 33, verse 15. This is the next time that God calls Moses up. Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, as he grew in dependence on God, his chief concern moved from his abilities, his performance to God's presence. You see, in his immaturity, he was worried, I can't speak and I can't do this and I can't lead and I'm not enough. But as he grew in maturity and in relationship with God, his chief concern the second time God called him was not if he could speak or not, was not if he could lead or not, was not in his ability, was no longer in his performance. It was now in the presence of God. God, I can speak or not speak, I can lead or not lead. But the one thing I have come to depend on, the one thing I know I cannot do without, is your presence. Don't send me if your presence doesn't go with me. Don't send me if you won't go up without me. I don't care about all the performance. I just want your presence. It's the mark. It's the evidence of a life dependent on God that you know you need His presence. Our chief concern in our church services ought not to be our performance, ought not to be, did the band nail everything? Were all the transitions right? Were all the lyrics good? Were all the graphics beautiful? Was everything correct? Our chief concern is not in the performance of people. It is in the manifest presence of God. We need the presence of God. We must have it. And it's an evidence of dependence in our life. Now we do our best. We carry a heart of excellence. Don't get me wrong. Of course we do. But it's never about performance. It's about presence. It's about presence. Performance doesn't change lives. Presence changes lives. Performance doesn't set the captives free. 
presence of God sets the captives free. If performances change lives, you could go to an Ariana Grande concert tomorrow night and walk out forever changed. But that's not how it works because you can have the most spectacular performance and walk out exactly how you came because performance doesn't change lives. The presence of God does. So I'm going to ask you today, what is going to distinguish you? Come on, from every other lawyer, the presence of God. What is going to distinguish you from every other doctor? The presence of God. What is going to distinguish you from every other mum and dad? The presence of God. What is going to distinguish you from every other leader? The presence of God. What is going to distinguish you from every other receptionist? The presence of God. What is going to distinguish you from every other student? The presence of God. It is not an extra. It is an essential. And your dependency and your hunger for it is an evidence in your life that you know your performance is not enough to take you to where you need to go. There is a dependence in your heart. Come on, on the manifest presence of God. Send me, but I don't want to go if you're not with me. Send me, but I don't want to go. Come on, if your presence doesn't come with me. It's the evidence of dependence in your life. You don't just inform Him, you involve Him. You know, it's a body part loosely disconnected to the church. No, you're part of the body. You love what Jesus loves. And you don't see His presence as an extra. You see it as an essential. It's a dependency upon the Lord. And I wanna call us today to, to an interesting end. And I, and I, wanna, I want you to reevaluate today where your heart's at. Have I just been running through the motions and doing life and going to work and coming home and shoving food in these kids' mouths and trying to get it done and, and trying to live and trying to get my... Or, or is there a sense in me that I am dependent upon the Lord? Today, may we turn, come on, our dependency towards Christ. May our eyes get off of our work and our agendas and our studies and everything we're caught up in and may they get into a place of dependency upon God again. So come on, all across this place today, I want us to, to stand to our feet today. And we're just gonna have this morning, quite simply, a moment of surrender. A moment of surrendering our lives, our wills, our work, our efforts, everything we have to God again and saying, Lord Jesus, I place and throw, come on, the weight of my dependence upon You. I am leaning on You today and acknowledging You as the source, as the strength, as the energy and the capacity of my life. My dependence is upon Jesus, upon Jesus. So come on, church family today. Come on, why don't we just lift our hands this morning as a sign of surrender to the Lord. And I want you today just to begin to tell the Lord, Lord, if there's any area of my life where I have just become independent of You, where I've just walked in my own strength and tried to work this out in my own ways, God, I, I throw myself again onto dependency upon You. God, forgive me of my pride. Forgive me that I thought I could do this without You. Forgive me that I thought I was enough. God, I pray today, let my life be a life of dependence on Christ. Let my life be a life where I worship You, where I lift Your Name, where I hunger after You. Come on for everything that I need today. That's it, that's it. 
I want you just to picture whatever it is you're doing for a job right now. Hand that over to the Lord. God, I depend on you again. I want you to picture your family and those under your care. And I want you just to hand them over to God again. God, I depend upon you. Show me the keys. God, I've been trying to figure this out in my own strength. And God says, just just lean on me for that. Lean on my supply again for that. I'm going to show you what to do with your son. I'm going to show you what to do with your daughter. Lean on me, lean on me, lean on me. Some of you are not sure what path to take. There's multiple roads, there's multiple options. It seems confusing. The signs don't seem like they're clear on what way you should go. And God just says, throw your dependence on me. Lean on me again and I will order your steps. I'll show you which turn to take. Come on, don't, when did this become about you? When did it become about your ability and your intellect? When, when in your life did you have enough to figure this out? Lean on me, lean on me. Depend on me, says the Lord. Just give it to Him, give it to Him. Just give it to Him, give it to Him. That's it, that's it, that's it. Oh, Lord, we lean on You today. We lean on You today. We lean on You today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for a moment, just for a moment. I just feel today like there's people here and mentally you're quite exhausted because you've been straining and trying to figure this out and to unlock it in your own logic and in your own strength and you kind of feel heavy, there's a weight to it. And can I tell you today, His yoke is easy and His burden is light. That's how you know God's involved because it's the, the burden is light and the yoke is easy. It doesn't mean you've got it all mapped out and you understand it all, but it's not heavy because God's carrying it. Your dependency is upon Christ. So today, if, if you feel like that's you, I, 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 want, I do want to pray for people today, just from here, just from right where you are, that the Lord is going to lift that weight and that in the name of Jesus today, there is just going to be freedom as you throw the weight, cast your care and anxiety onto Him and He's going to set you free today. So if you feel like that's been you, it's just been a bit heavy, you've been a bit bound up in your mind today, come on, lift your hands today and I believe for you right now in Jesus' Name But there is going to be a marked sense of peace. Yeah, a lot of people today and deliverance today in Jesus' Name. Father, I thank You today that Your yoke is easy and Your burden is light. And today we speak, Father, to our own propensities of self-reliance and self-dependence. And in the Name of Jesus, I speak to every anxious thought. I speak to every heavy yoke and every heavy weight. And in the Name of Jesus today, I say, let my people go. We, We echo the words of Moses today. Let my people go. You will not be bound by heaviness. You will not be riddled with anxiety. You will not be sleepless in the night. God says, lean on me, trust in me, throw your weight on me because I am enough. I am enough. Come on, if you know He's enough today, come on, why don't we just praise Him today? Why don't we just lift up His name today? Why don't we give Him glory today? God, we we were 
just sing right out. I'll make room for you to do whatever you want to. Come on. in heaven. So Lord, I pray this week, may this go beyond words today and may it flow into the life of every believer. May we be found in our quiet place with you, dependent on you. May we be found in our workplaces, dependent on you, in our families, dependent on you. Father, we pray these things. Come on in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Awesome.